Yesterday, all day, we had a retreat for the eighth graders. It was in preparation, a retreat in preparation for their confirmation coming up in uh, just a few weeks' time. We had some 115 or so eighth graders. We took them down in buses to the uh, St. John Paul II National Shrine, there by Catholic University, a beautiful place for a retreat. And we had organized a great day for them of lots of games, lots of uh, prayer time, discussion. And for many of them, it was the first time they had Eucharistic adoration with praise and worship music uh, and, uh, and lots of time as well for confessions and just conversations with the priests that were there. And an overwhelmingly positive experience, I'd say, for, these, for, for the majority of these eighth graders that come to the retreat. One of them said afterwards how it was the first time she had seen, she, first time she understood why people get so excited to go to Mass on Sundays. She gets it. She got it. It was uh, so great to hear that. But I'd like to share with you uh, two questions or concerns that I heard come up a few times throughout the day, and they're nothing new. I've heard them before from a number of age groups, uh, but they're two concerns that were rather prominent yesterday. Uh, whether it was just talking to them in passing, or a lot of them were in, in the many, many confessions that I heard uh, of these uh, eighth graders. And the first is this question, a sincere question. Why, they asked, why does the church, or why does God hate this group or that group? Why does God dislike or hate those people? And the second concern or question that was somewhat common when you asked, when I asked if they have any thoughts about the faith, the church, they said, I don't understand, why does God not want me to enjoy things in this life? We had just come out of Lent, you know, and all the fasting, I guess, that had been going on. And why, why doesn't God want me to enjoy the things of this life? So these are two questions that came up, surprisingly, a, a fair amount throughout the day yesterday. And it's not that I at all blame these uh, eighth graders for these, for these questions, uh, for in many ways it's part of our culture. We, and these questions could be asked by any age group, you might say, because we tend to, tend to absorb what our culture is offering us about God. And it speaks to me, though, and it speaks to all of us, I would say, these questions. They come from a, a, a distorted image of God. If we think that he hates us, if we think that God hates certain groups. That's not an accurate understanding of God. It's not a correct image. And we all have that maybe somewhat distorted image of God to a degree. The readings today at Mass, this third Sunday of Easter, the readings today at Mass help to correct our understanding of God, correct our image of who we understand God to be. So let's begin with the Gospel. We have these disciples who just had been on the road to Emmaus. Remember that reading. And now they've come to these other disciples and the apostles, and they're hidden away for fear. They saw Jesus Christ crucified and died. Their leader, their master, he's been killed. And so they're in fear. They're in shame, locked away. Jesus appears in their midst, we're told, and the first thing that he says to them, peace be with you. Right? He doesn't just 
offer them peace. He gives it to them. Peace be with you. He gives them his peace. And the word he uses is that shalom that the Jewish people still use, shalom, which means a be complete, be flourishing in your mind and body. Have this peace that only God can give. That is the first reaction of Jesus Christ to these disciples that betrayed him, that betrayed him in a way that we could never betray him because they walked with him for years. They walked with Jesus Christ in a way that we can't walk with Jesus Christ. And they still betrayed him. And Jesus still forgives them. He forgives because God, because Jesus is not vengeful. We have sometimes the mentality that he might be, that he might be counting our sins and waiting for us. Oh, you sinned. Oh, there you go. Now you're no longer in my graces. He's not petty like that. We might be with each other sometimes, but God is not petty. He's not vengeful. He is merciful. As we celebrated so beautifully last weekend, God is the God who is abundant in mercy. But, but, however, there's a however here. Each of the readings this Sunday, each of them, all three of them, mention sin, something called sin. Peter says it in the first reading, John says it in the second reading, and Jesus himself mentions sin in our gospel. And you've heard Father Bill and myself ex define sin many times probably, and we'll keep doing it because we so easily forget that sin is, well, those decisions we make that keep me from flourishing, that keep you from enjoying your life, being the way God created you to be. That's what sin is. So if there is anything that God hates, it's just that. Sin. God hates sin, but he loves you and me. And he's so eager to forgive those sins. Wipe them away, we're told in the readings. Wipe them away because he knows how much they hold us back. So God is not a God who hates. He loves. He loves. Correct that misunderstanding if it's in our own minds and gently and patiently correct if that misunderstanding of God if you see it in others. And the next thing, the second thing, does God want me to enjoy the things of this life? Well, we see the very next thing in the gospel that Jesus does. Here we're told the disciples are still amazed and, and hard to believe that this is him. This is Jesus. He's back. He's alive. They're overwhelmed. And the first thing in the midst of this confusion, the first thing Jesus says after peace be with you is, have you got anything to eat? Have you got anything to eat? Because he's not a ghost. He's got a body. He has flesh and bones. And he's hungry, or he at least wants to show them he can eat, that he can taste. And this is great news for you and me. Great news for you and me because Jesus' resurrected body that we see in the gospel at this point is a glimpse of heaven, a glimpse of when we get our resurrected bodies in heaven and how we will get to enjoy the five senses in a glorified, elevated way. So you can eat all the baked fish you want in heaven or anything else you might like. That is the good news that Jesus shares with us. He gives us a little glimpse. We will have our bodies, not just our souls. We won't just be ghosts floating around. We'll get to enjoy all the things that are part of human life that God created from the beginning and called them good. So of course they will be in eternity. And we have, just to follow up on this question that was brought up on the retreat, in this life, we enjoy 
as well, these five senses, because God created them and called them good. Of course, done in the right place and right time, but we as Catholics have a good sense of enjoying the things of this life in right order. We have that great famous line from Belloc, wherever the Catholic sun doth shine, there's always laughter and good red wine, speaks to our Catholic culture. We know to appreciate in right order the things of this life. So, today, again, an invitation to correct any misconceptions we might have about God or God's expectation for our lives. And what we can do practically, if we don't already have a habit of it, read the Gospels even daily. Read the Gospels. If we don't read the Gospels, if we don't constantly hear about Jesus Christ and what he truly said and did, then we're going to start creating our own images of God. And they're not going to be correct. So we go to the Gospels constantly for those reminders. And lastly, to continue to encounter God, find him in day-to-day life, mostly in the sacraments, in our prayer, but also in encountering each other, seeing the face of God in one another, and being reminded that he is the God who is abundant in mercy and so eager to forgive.